post anything. This is opposed to the Matrix. It is uh, the 15th of June, 2020, and it's approximately, well, we're three minutes late getting on. Uh, well, you know, folks, you got to understand that we get all excited before this show starts. And so we start talking about, uh, you know, the things we're going to talk about, but we start getting off on these little tangents. So please have some grace and, and forgive us for sometimes starting two, three minutes late because it's just too much fun. It really is. You know, you got two guys that think exactly the same way you do, and then all of a sudden, you know, you get online and it's like, oh, we've got a whole week's worth of catching up to do. And uh, sometimes we don't realize that we could probably do that earlier in the day or, you know, even after the show. But um, anyway, so it, I, I let me uh, unmute these guys before I forget to do that. Um, hello, Jim. Hello, Eric. How are you guys doing? Doing fine in Detroit. Doing well here as well. Good deal. Uh, we had a little snafu um, earlier um, today. Uh, Jim and I were talking back and forth because what what we're going to be doing, folks, is um, probably in the next within the next month. I, I'll say, you know, I'll give ourselves a little bit of wiggle time here. Uh, we we're going to be transferring from Spreaker, um, not totally, uh, and I'll explain that in a second. Uh, we're going to be transferring from Spreaker to Podbean. Um, I've already paid for the account and the whole nine yards, so that's all up and running. We just have to kind of have a little bit of Podbean 101 training, um, and that's mostly for me to do. And so um, we'll have the, the ability for you folks to call in. You will have to get the Podbean uh, app on your phone, and uh, you know, but you'll be able to call in and actually talk with us, which is something that we've desired to do for a long, 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 long time. And we, we kind of missed the days of blog talk radio when we used to be able to do that. So, um, you know, that is forthcoming, and I wanted to let you know about that. So, But we'll, what I will do is um, after we, we do the show on Podbean, um, this program that I'm operating through here, well, I won't be using that. Anyway, I'll get a copy of it, and I'll post it to, uh, to Spreaker also. So we'll have both venues going, and still you'll be able to get it from, from Apple um, – podcasts and stuff like that so um it's onward and upwards folks it really is it's um it's it's something that we've aspired for a long time to do and it's something that we're going to do and it's something that's going to um make it easier for you to get the show and for you to call in should you so desire so gentlemen uh what was that going on with the phones today man i'm telling you i try to Try to talk to Jim in, in Detroit, and he's telling me that the phone's down the whole Detroit area. Then all of a sudden, our our internet started messing up here. Um, Eric, I don't think you you got too much of it, but uh, no, I didn't, we didn't seem to be affected here. So yeah, yeah, you weren't in that area on the map, so no, another plus for South Dakota. Well, the strange thing about all of that though is that my my son's living at my place in um, uh, Shelby Township. And one of my friends lives in Shelby Township, just about five miles away. He had phone service. My son didn't. Huh. They, they did have different providers. But um, 
after checking around locally and, and asking some people on Facebook who are local, um, I find that some some were had their phones and they were receiving okay. The majority of people, I think, in, in Detroit seemed to – I started watching the traffic going by on Gratiot, and a, a few people were on their phones. Usually a, a lot of people are on their phones. So some people did, some people weren't. Uh, and there's no pattern – you know, it's not like all of ATT was safe and one another one wasn't. It's it's almost as if individuals have been picked out, and it seems like I don't know on what basis they're picked out, but it just seems like some did and some didn't. And it didn't mind. It didn't matter what the providers were or um, or anything. So, um, and you know, color had nothing to do with it either. I mean, it was just there was. There had to be some common denominator, but I don't see it, and I and I don't know it. But the thing that's got me curious is if it affected that many people, if you saw the map that I had posted, right? Um, wouldn't it be no, newsworthy? Even a, a one-minute suggestion of, hey, guys, what's going on here is this, and uh, mm-hmm. not even comment. I, I mean, I felt like I was um, – I had to go take a shower or something after I listened to the news uh, network news for an hour and a half, two different uh, ABC and NBC. I don't know how you do that. Oh, yeah, I, I'm telling you, I, you know, I, I'm not kidding you, man. I feel like I just drank a meal from the toilet or something. It was just like, it was, um, it was like a vampire. It drained me spiritually here. And I mean, just continuous. The only thing that's happening right now is the protesting. There is nothing else going on in the world. They're not talking about anything else in the world. That's the only thing they're talking about and putting their spin on it. It's just so outrageously ridiculous. Um, well, one of the yeah. things, one of the things that happened here in the last week is, uh, you've, you've probably heard of Portland, Oregon. It's, uh, their, their motto is keep Portland weird. And boy, you can't have a better motto for that city. <laughs> and, um, the thing is that they, they decided to have a protest and they always go on this one certain bridge and protest on there. And it really makes it hell for people that want to get over to the other side of the Willamette River. But, um, so what happened was they, none of them had masks on. Now, where's the five, where's the uh, six foot distancing? Where's the mask rule and everything? Oh, I guess that's okay if you're protesting. You don't have to obey the rules. But anyway, now the articles are coming up in the paper. Well, you know, the COVID is starting to spike. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute now. This was only about six days ago. If the incubation period is 14 days, how is COVID spiking when it hasn't had time to incubate in a person's body? You know, so it just goes to show you more and more that, uh, and, and please, I'm not saying that COVID isn't real. Um, it's really out there and it's really infecting people, but it's being used to take advantage of, a, of certain things. And, and we've talked about those before. We could talk about them again. As a matter of fact, it'd be a good idea probably, but, um, it's just, we got a, a governor that I swear she's in Bill Gates's pocket because she says we're not coming out of phase two until there's the vaccine. And that, no. that's, that's a line drawn in the sand, folks, because yep. they're saying that if you don't take the vaccine, you're not going to be able to shop. You're not going to be able to buy and sell. I work for a state entity, which means that if I don't take it, I don't know what's going to happen. I might have to wear a mask the rest of my life. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just it's it's getting to the point of absurdity. It really is. And um, so you can protest. Uh, about, uh, I can't, God forgive me, I can't remember the man's last name. His first name was George. Um, 
you can protest about his death, and it's really not about his death anymore. It's about oh, it's Foster, about, George Foster. Yeah, it's about socialism, and it's about the implementation yeah. thereof, and yep. and uh, even up in uh, in uh, Seattle, which if you think Portland's bad, Seattle's like the the capital of uh, insanity. Oh insane. lordy, they seceded from the United States. They've got their own warlord leader now. Come yeah. on, yeah. What is, what is their and, new country called? Oh, um, Kaz or something? Kazistan? Yeah. I don't C-H-A-Z or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, it was funny because the other day, I'm sorry, Eric, but the other day no, um, there was uh, a tweet and it was this, this gal tweeted and she said, oh, you know, it said Alerta, which makes me wonder if she's Hispanic. But anyway, she said uh, the uh, the homeless people that they had living there took all their food and now they're out of food. And I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> it's like, you know, what are you going to do? You know, you, you had people. Them. Yeah, you had people that you, that you think are lower than you stealing from you. So and that's pretty bad. That's like a bacteria stealing from a paramecium or something, you yeah. know. Um, it didn't take them long to build a wall around their little domain, you know. Yeah, and they have a checkpoint, the, Charlie. The one, that they were, the one they, they were demanding to be torn down between the Mexican and um United States border, but yeah. yet they poked up themselves, but that's okay because that's them. Yeah, um, exactly. It's a double standard all the way down. And, and, you know, if you look, okay, this is an example of how you're going to run your territory. Uh-huh. Uh, you know what? Thank you for showing me where my future lies. I will fight you with guns to not have or have a part of that. Sorry, Amen. communism, socialism never worked anywhere. Won't work here. Give it up. And you little sissies are not going to be the ones to <laughs> stop any of us. <laughs> well, the COVID virus didn't take us out to stop us either. It's not the boomer, boomer doomer. <laughs> right. There, there's a little town down in California. It's uh, east of Sacramento. It's called Placerville. Beautiful area. And at, the, the mountains are gorgeous up there. And um, they, uh, I guess Antifa announced that they were going to come there. Well, <laughs> the Hells Angels said, well, yeah, go ahead and show up there and we'll show up there, too, and we'll see what happens. And that got canceled right away. <laughs> you know, bikers for Trump are, are out riding, heading towards uh, Seattle, Washington. They're going to stand in the gap and reclaim and take that back. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, they're, they've been a very well-disciplined. They've already been in, in Washington to protect uh, President Trump when he was running for um, office. Um, they're a bunch of really smart people that are disciplined. I think most of them are, you know, ex-military, but I mean, they have a sense of, of discipline and tolerance to not disobey the law and to listen to be helpers to the police. So whatever the, if the police say get out, then they'll get out and they'll stand far off waiting. If they are needed, they're still there, but they, they obey the cops all the way, you know, all the way through. It takes one jerk to, you know, to overturn the tables. Let's hope that doesn't happen, but as a group, they're pretty well organized. They're pretty well um, on the same page and behave. Their behavior so far in the past has been excellent. So I'm hoping for the same in Seattle. But uh, you know, at the same time, most of them are not little Boy Scouts. I mean, you know, they're they're they can handle themselves, and if they have to, they will. But they'll do it under the guidance and leadership of the local police. So that ought to be fun. I, I wish I had the money to buy me a ticket and go go there. One way or another, just to be there. Even just to be a spectator would be kind of fun. For that. Well, you know, unfortunately, I'm not that. I'm not a spectator type. <laughs> I'm, I'm there. I'm going to be doing. I'm not going to be the loose cannon. I will, uh, but I can't just sit and watch. I, 
I have to help too, one way or another. Understandable. Okay. Yeah. And and when I say one way or another, it's that like I said, the color's got nothing to do with it. The poor um, police chief in my uh, where I live in Shelby Township made a comment, and this he never mentioned color at all. He just said the the looters and the criminals. If they try to pull me out of my car, I will send them back in a body bag. I'm not letting anybody uh, take me down doing my job. And uh, nothing was said about color. He just said the looters. So I had a um, – actually, I think somebody had baited me. He was a very well-educated African-American, very articulate in speaking. I could tell I was talking to somebody that was – quite knowledgeable, quite skilled in talking. We were having a dialogue on this message back and forth with each other. And so I was just loving him to death, man. I was just showing him. Um, and he concluded, he says, well, you know, I, I didn't know where you were coming from, but it is obvious that you are a Christian and you do, um, you really aren't racist. But then he said something to me and I said, I said, you know, I, no, don't misunderstand me. I said, but you know, I can tell just by the way you're talking, you are filled with a lot of disappointment, hurt, and you've got issues about whites. You At least you're trying to understand, but you don't really understand. So I got to give you credit for wanting to understand. But um, I wonder if you realize how racist of a generalization you just said to me. If I said that, I would probably, if I had a job, could lose it. I could lose my reputation. And then I compared it to the uh, sheriff, uh, to the county um yeah, the police chief in, in uh, uh, Shelby Township. And I said, all the guy did was mention the looters. And he asked me, he says, well, do you think all the blacks are the looters? And I said, certainly not. I said, don't you know who was looting and inciting the riots? They were a bunch of millennial white uh, kids that belong to an international association called Antifa, which are communists. They are dedicated, committed communists. They are they are reaching your hurts and your uncertainties um, about whites, which your, uh, which President Obama just he, he didn't destroy race relations. He he made everybody afraid of one another. He caused a, a sense of tension that d no longer existed. I said, you know, the Jim Crow uh, segregation actions started to die in Vietnam when everybody had uh, underclass whites and and um, and blacks were put together in the same combat units. That never happened before, and that's where the New World Order blew it because it created a camaraderie. But after the war, he saved my life, I saved his life. You know, any combat veteran knows that there's a bond that's created that lasts a lifetime. Um, you've had to live with each other. You've seen the same dreams, hopes, aspirations. Um, you know, these guys save your life, you save their lives. All the barriers are down. So after the war, you go and visit them, and guess what? You start falling in love with your friends' uh, relatives and vice versa. And so the, a big mixture of blending started that lasted 40 years. By the time we're over, everybody's every white's got a black in their uh, family, and most of them have accepted them by character, not by color. And by character, they either proven to be jerks or they were embraced as a, a loved member of the family. So I wish I could say that for the blacks, because the, the blacks are the ones that had a hard time accepting whites later on down the road. That popped up when Obama came in. All of a sudden now, I know some people that um, that have grandkids um, 
who are black and they're white and they're not even allowed to see them now because they don't want them having a white influence. They don't even want them to know that they've got white relatives or anything. It's horrible. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like when you are used to being, everything's reversed now. It's like black, uh, white guilt created a black allowance for blacks to be able to express themselves that if it was reversed would be racist, but they're okay to be racist. And it's gotten to be so permissive, they don't even aren't even aware themselves that they're being racist. My God, what would happen, guys, if you think I, tomorrow I wanted to start a National Association for the Advancement of White People, or I wanted to have a black, I mean, a white-only um, TV um, show. Or network. Or network. Uh -huh. um, personally, I would, you know, right now, I mean, under any condition or excuse, I wouldn't want that. I go, oh man, why? That's kind of racist. I don't, I don't want to exclude everybody else. Let's just include everybody. Why do I? Why should we be special? I wouldn't be comfortable with that. Not that I'm ashamed of being white, or that I'm proud to be white. I am. It is. That's what it is. And you know, God didn't make a mistake. I think that if we're all going to be one race up in heaven, it's not going to be black. It's not going to be white. It's going to be brown, like Jesus was. <laughs> so I got to get over the race thing. You know, it's it. My parents raised me to be colorblind, and I'm glad because I've been colorblind all my life in ministry. Everything I've done, I don't see color. I see a person. Right. I see a person either has a need that I can help or someone that maybe I want to stay away from because they're going to drag me down or whatever. But based on character, not color. Mm -hmm. It's so stupid. So anyways, I'm done ramp rambling on. But well, but, they, uh, they had um, it was it had a lot of colorful language in it. That's why I didn't post it um, on Facebook. But there was a, um, a black lady and she was. Uh, confronting some white liberals that were on a corner uh, protesting for Black Lives Matter. And she's, you know, what are you all doing here? She says, how come you show up here? Uh, you need to be showing up at the polls and not voting for Democrats. Every time you vote for Democrats, that's what puts us in a bad place. Says you need to quit. She said, you need to quit doing that, you know, and you're not helping us. You're hurting us. So go away. And boy, I tell you, the exchange that happened after that, you know, it was like, well, you know, you don't appreciate us. And she goes, I appreciate people that want to help me in a productive manner, not people that want to keep me where I am. She goes, you people do nothing to help us. You do everything to put people in power that want to keep us down. And then all the, you know, the F-bombs started flying back and forth and everything. But, you know, and it's the truth. I've seen about five videos like that now. The the black community is starting to wake up. You know, I've said for years that that uh, in, in 1964, when Johnson put in his Great Society, I think that's what he called it, um, and he started welfare in the whole nine yards, that he placed, well, not just blacks, he placed whites on in, in the same category, though. Um, he placed them into slavery, economic slavery where you're dependent on the um, on the government. You know, every yeah. every animal, every child, every, you know, human animal, whatever you want to look at it, they, they drink the milk for a while, then they get weaned off of it, okay? Well, what the Democrats or the leftists did, because they were leftists and they were just a different form of leftist, um, they, they put people back on the, and pardon my French, the tit, but that's a good word because that's what it is. 
You know, they took them from wanting to find financial freedom and, and to gain and to become self-sufficient to not wanting to, to find that. And, you know, it's it's natural human tendency. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. If somebody said, hey, you know, I'll just pay you a, a certain amount to, for you to do nothing. You know, you'll never want for food. You'll never want for housing and stuff like that. You know, I, I would I would think two or three times before I said no. If I if I did say no, it's a natural human tendency to want to be nurtured and cared for. You know, and it's I don't know. It just it just befuddles me. And but a lot of uh, blacks are starting to wake up to this. They're starting to say, hey, these Democrats haven't done anything for us. They 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 pander us when we're you know when when election time comes we vote for them and then all of a sudden um, nothing happens and and what's making things even worse is that the Democrats now or the leftists I should say have dropped the the blacks and they're they're starting to pander to the the Latinos the uh, the illegal aliens that are coming in so the the blacks are being disenfranchised even more. Uh, in lieu of the uh, the Latinos and all the illegal aliens from all over the world that are coming into this country. So I think it's very advantageous that, you know, white America, Hispanic America or whatever, you know, th- those of us that, you know, supposedly are, are more well to do. Um, you know, my paycheck doesn't refer, you know, it just it goes as fast as it comes. But um you know, we need to all band together and take care of one another. And I think that if white America and black America got together and got off the racial thing and realized, hey, you know, they're they're both they're trying to destroy both of us, you know, that that we could form a force that that would could we could just conquer all of the United States and probably Canada if we wanted to, <laughs> you know, just with the with the unity that we could have. And if, if it's done in love, that's even better, you know, and, and it's just this. Hatred. This, uh, Jim, you posted something on on Facebook. It was about this woman that said that. Well, you you posted it about uh, Cracker Barrel and how they, you know, it's it's the end of Cracker Barrel basically. And uh, this woman got on there and she posted, "Well, I didn't. I've quit going to Cracker Barrel a long time ago when I noticed the racism." And I said, I, I wrote back to her just before you know we came on the air, and I said. No, you haven't noticed anything. What you've done is you've listened to what other people have said, and you've based your opinion on that. And I said, that lady is prejudice. You know, that is the worst kind of racism that there is, because you're not you're not judging by what you've seen or experienced. You're judging by what so-and-so said. And I said, that makes you the one of the most prejudiced people that has ever posted anything here. And... uh you know, I'm, I'm interested to see. And you know what's really surprising? Well, no, she I, did. She did get back with me, and because oh, uh, I've I've known her for some time, and um, um, she did have one experience, and that's why she didn't go anymore. And it was with her friend. Her friend was black, and they had to wait like almost an hour or something, um, and they were being snubbed, and well, they could you could, they could see it. But you know, like I explained to her, I said, okay, so you had one incident, but I mean, I've I've been uh, Cracker Barrel when I can afford it, and when I'm traveling is the number one one of the number one restaurants sure. I always look for, and I I go to eat. So I've been <clears throat> I've been in the South, I've been in the Southwest, and I've been in the um, um, let's see South West and Southwest, oh. and in all over all over the states, and every one of them has been um, um, no no signs of prejudice or anything. They are, I'm pretty sure they're Christian-owned and they're being targeted because of that. Yeah. Um, just like Chick-fil-A. And um, 
I said, and you're going to have isolated incidents like that that are because of one person, not right. because of a policy. I said, and that's probably what you experienced. And she agreed that it could have been that way, but she just stopped going. It just happened to be in that time is when she heard this other stuff and put two to two together and, and thought it was bigger than what she was aware of and, and quit going. So I can understand that. But then she has to understand that um, everything that we're, uh, she's, one bottom line, I guarantee you, she's not listening to anything but network news, and you can't believe a thing that network news are oh, saying. That's what people. No it, it's a cascading event. You have to understand some of the basic elemental things. If, and of all the people that are still trusting the news is because they can't believe that they're they don't understand that there is a global elite trying to take over and destroy um, six and a half billion people, so that only five hundred million are alive to manage and manipulate and use as a slave labor force while they control everything else. If you don't understand that's biblical and true, especially as a Christian, then you don't get why everybody's so mistrusting of everything because we're living as uh, Paul wrote to Timothy in perilous times. Everything is dangerous around you. Everything that used to be is no longer. It's like, dudes, we're in another dimension now. This isn't, uh, um, things aren't like they used to be, and they never will be. Um, you can't trust network news. My God, they lie so bad they can't even defend their own lies, so they have to have their own version of fact-checking to have fake fact-checks to support the lies they just told you because they can't defend them. Right. And it's a, it's the only safety measure they have. And so people just follow it blindly and see, well, that's not what that said. That's, that's what they said. And it's on TV. So it's got to be true. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, the flags went up when, when all these cell phones are going out and nobody has said anything on the news whatsoever. Not even the briefest mention. Yeah. Now, to me, that shows that they're testing something to see the results of this test. That's all we experienced in the last few days. Now, uh, one woman that I've known a couple of years down in Texas, she's had three days of to telephone on and off, on and off. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine. I mean, can you imagine trying to function without your telephone for three days? I mean, seriously, think about the ramifications, the lack of communication. Now, locally here, we had started setting up between a couple of other churches, and I think this is the, the wake-up call for us to get back to doing that. We were all going to get CB units in our cars. Remember the old, you know, you're old enough to remember them. Um, um, Eric, I don't know whether you could ever remember, but there was a time when that was a really popular thing. I think was it back like 70s. in the 70s? Yeah, yeah huh? in the 70s. Really popular. Everybody had, you know, um, talking to the truckers and everything. And Breaker, um, breaker, niner. Yeah, that's kind of that that's thing. Right. Yep. And yep. We need to get back to that because that is going to be the only form of communication that won't even be affected by an, uh, uh, an EMP or anything. That's, you know, my first thought when I saw the, the phones were uh, down, I'm going, oh, my God, did we get hit with an EMP? And I'm, I'm looking at the traffic and no, some people are still got their phones. OK, so that's not it. Um, mm -hmm. I hadn't got out that, you know, that day to see if any, you know, the public to see what was going on. But my son's phone. Uh, he was the dad. I can't call you either. I've been trying to I've been trying to call him. He was trying to call me. He couldn't call. And yet just five miles away, my other friend had a phone. It was fine. So mm -hmm. it's just a lot of weirdness that's been going on. And it, you, know, you know what? We need to expect that it's going to get weirder. If this was just a test, you know, you know, darn well, they're the test, whether who it's going to be used against and how, who knows? You know, we're just going to probably wait and see. But we'll have that aha moment 
moment going, aha, that's why they were testing it. This is like all the testing when, when all these birds or fish were either washing up ashore or flying out of the sky. It was only one specific species that was dying. It wasn't randomly killing, you know, everything. So they're genetically, they're, they're, they're using weather, magnetism, a lot of other things as weapons against us. And they're doing it uh, genetically specific to certain species, probably right down to reason why on Facebook you keep answering and playing these different games or going to, um, what's that, um, Ancestry.com or answering all these other questions about, you know, about your uh, personal history, uh, family history and whatever. I mean, they're collecting and accumulating all this information and in ancestry.com you give them a sample of your dna or whatever too um boy they're just having fun with that um all of this is gathering the information so that they can specifically target even individuals right um based on their own dna so i mean you know this is we're we're dealing with tesla type technology that that um has been falling into the wrong hands and being manipulated against us and still, of course, suppressing the technology so people don't even believe we have it or that it's even available. And they're looking at you like, you're some kind of a crazy nut. Right. Um, yeah, well, if you only knew what was, if they got this in kids' toys, imagine what the big boys are playing with with toys, you know? Exactly. Hey, good segue. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, great segue. You know, Thanks, um, Lord. I didn't no, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, I ex- had explained in the explanation of the show, and I think you did too, um, that tonight we were going to kind of carry on with what uh, Ron, uh, I can't remember his last name. Um, back in February, he came on and he was talking about a space force and um, ba- backing up other things that I've seen online stating that we have had a space force for decades now. <laughs> Um, maybe as soon as right after World War II. Um, and uh, so we, you know, we talked about that. We talked about the technology that they use, uh, you know, the, specifically the engines and why it would have been wise to use maybe, um, uh, don't laugh at us folks, but, you know, old submarines because they're made to protect uh, from pressure outside. They would more be more than adequate to protect um, pressure from inside to escaping to the outside and how they equip them with um, certain high technology engines that we don't, we still not using today. But um, so we talked about all that. And then tonight, um, uh, you know, we can get off in other things too, but uh, tonight we're going to talk about why would you need a space for, is it just military? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing. You know, cause if you control space, you basically control everything. Um, but, uh, you know, is it to colonize maybe the moon, Mars, um, some of the other planets or asteroids or whatever? Is it to mine or whatever? So um, we're going to be talking about that. And, um, you know, I've, I've kind of uh, encapsulated everything, but we can go deeper into that. But, uh, you know, can you imagine um, grabbing onto a sat not a satellite, a, uh, an asteroid, uh, a very Mercury rich, not Mercury, <laughs> oh, boy. Get on the right page, Dave. A very iron-rich satellite or something of the like or something that has exotic metals on it that uh, are hard to find on Earth and towing that puppy into Earth orbit and then mining that thing and then discarding the rest, uh, maybe sending it into the sun. Who knows? But um, 
imagine that, you know, the wealth that's out there that can be acquired and used for the good of humankind. Now, in the state that we're in today, with with all the unrest that we're having, you're going, what's good in humankind? You know, and I apologize to the dog. Uh, we have a dog that's a too good a watchdog. Um, but, you know, imagine the wealth that can be be acquired and, and the jobs that can be created. Um, frankly, I don't know how they get the stuff back to Earth, but that's a problem for the 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 big thinkers to think about and uh, to deal with. But um, so there's just one application, you know, so have you guys thought about any other applications that might be applicable to having a space force? Go ahead. Not me. Oh, uh, I suppose to um, probably go after some of the uh, demonic entities that are, you know, going over over all over the place um around the earth you know i guess i i'm not 100 percent sure to be honest yeah um i know that i know that um the elite had a plan to weaponize space probably with a space fleet of some kind but i i always saw that as the um mobilization to basically uh to a failed attempt to actually attack God in the eternal realm at, you know, at some point in the future. Well, of course, Mm -hmm. time and space doesn't really mean anything, but in the future from where I'm standing, but right. So, um, now I don't know. I don't know exactly how, I don't know if Trump is just building this space force as, in order to just kind of release the technology that has been hidden for the benefit of mankind, you know, in the first half of the great tribulation. Um, I I suspect that's what he's doing, but Uh I, I haven't, you know, come to really any firm conclusions as to what exactly he's going to do with the space force. So I don't know. What do you guys have any ideas? I do. I'm, and, and based mainly on scripture, um, okay. I have to go, uh, you know, using scripture as a foundation. In Obadiah, it says that uh, though you make a nest amongst the stars, yet my hands shall reach out and and bring you down. Now, that statement there alone, especially when you go back to the original Hebrew, it's literally talking about colonizing space. Uh. Earthers, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to disappoint you. This is why I'm so adamant that your ideas are totally brain dead crazy. Mm-hmm. The Earth is not flat; it's round, and so are all the other planets. And there is a space; it's not under a dome, right. and they're not little balls of light or angels. My God, that's somebody very well famous that made that statement. I go, "Are you kidding me?" And I know yeah. the guy; I just can't believe that. You know, this is again well-known well, people that are plants that are helping steer things, like a like a sleeper agent or something. I mean, they know well, something, something just clicked with me. If if he's if He's building a space force. Is he going after the uh, the c- colonies that are based on the moon and Mars that the elite have been building? Well, that is in part. I yeah. think it, it's multifaceted. There's a lot of things going on here. Just let's look at it just as far as we know history. Um, now, Stephen Hawking got a little bit paranoid, paranoid towards the end of his life. He says, guys, aren't, you look at history and look at uh, any kind of 
people or situations that we've ever been confronted with here on earth. And the higher technological groups never share their technology with the lesser groups. They enslave the lesser groups right. to utilize them and entice them and seduce them by the technology, but they don't get an equal share of it. <laughs> they're the grunts and they're the lead. I mean, they are the leaders and the lesser technologies are the grunts that serve them and work for them or are slaves for them. So on that capacity saying, is it really smart for us to be reaching out and sending out Voyager and all these others saying, hey, we're here, come and, uh, and find us, help us or whatever. Uh, maybe you need to rethink that because we could be setting ourselves up to be taken over. And, you know, that was the reality. Now, Elon Musk has come to the same conclusion about artificial intelligence. Should we give artificial intelligence the ability to learn beyond their programs? Because when they do, they're going to eventually reach sentience. And when they reach sentience and have an aware of wanting to be self-protected, they're going to realize that we act and behave like virus and a virus that even though we created them, we potentially could kill them. It, and when it comes down to biblically, is it's only by God's love that our fallen sin nature hasn't run amok because God's loved us so much. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's our own, our own way out of all of this. Um, we're developing technology that can come back and bite us in the rear. And those in league with the God of this world have already come to a Folks, this is going to sound crazy, but uh, some of these people you see body doubles and see them, you know, alive and then they're dead and then they're alive. You know, it's because they already took the mark of the beast at the Bohemian Festival. I think the what um, uh, what's his name? Um, Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Thank you. Yes. That, what Alex Jones discovered in film was actually a ritual where they are taking the literal um, form of eternal life by drinking and eating the flesh of babies. Pizzagate is real. And I know a lot of people can't understand that or see that. But again, it's not something new. This is something that was practiced on the Mount Hermon uh, during the, the worst state of apostasy that Israel was ever in, where the 10 northern tribes did their own worshiping. And they, of all places, went up to the Mount Hermon and uh, were being led to have their children pass through the fire. When you look at that in the Greek, passing through the fire literally meant that they were they were sacrificing them, eating their flesh and drinking their blood. This is the same ball worship that happened all throughout the history. The elites are just doing nothing more than what they've done all the way back to the beginning. How does that make them eternal in, in doing that? I mean, what what part of the ritual? Obviously, there has to be – is it a change in um, uh, their soul or a change yes. in the – what does it do to the soul exactly? You know, I don't, I, I can't answer that to you, um, okay. Eric. I don't know the technology behind it, but I do but know there's that something, there's something there's in that. There's something that... there that is rearranging their DNA. Now, whether sure. they're enhancing it with technology, nanobot technology or something, I I don't really know. But I know that um, most, most of the beginnings, I think, of this awareness started becoming because of um, Operation Paperclip, bringing the Nazis over. They were the first ones to extract legends and myths from ancient, um, um, even from the Hindu religion, from all of the ancient myths and legends of all of the um, gods through the Egyptians, the 
Greeks, the Roman, um, they extracted that there was a real physics sandwiched between a wrong premise and a wrong, uh, like a religious presence and a religious uh, conclusion, uh, a religious formation. So that sandwich in between was a real technology that was hidden under the guise of this religion. And the, the religions were just man's simple minded awareness of this technology. And then he built upon it kind of like a scene from um, Planet of the Apes where the humans that had survived the nuclear holocaust went underground and lived there, but they were permanently scarred and mutated. And so they worshipped this bomb as a god that made them beautiful, and they developed all of this religious, you know, ridiculousness around a real historical event that happened, and it's their perception. So it's kind of like the same way. In these other religions, we see a religious value put to something that was actual real history and recorded as um, technology, but now it's had a religion built around it and worshiping the thing rather than the creator of the thing. So kind of like what the Bible has uh, said in the last days, what, what would happen. So uh, there's two things, the two lies in the Garden of Eden. You should surely not die. Your eyes will be open. You'll be as gods. And those two lies right there. So it's, it's talking about you can have an eternal life outside of God, You'll surely not die, and your eyes will be open. You'll be as gods. In other words, you will be able, able to be what? To be all-knowing, all-present, and all-powerful. That's In order to do that, you would have to travel time and dimension. And these are the technologies from fallen angels that was given to mankind. And they made their attempt before the flood, and now they're making their second attempt after the flood, just as in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Right. We're finding out now, you know, we had um, – um, oh, gosh, what's um, Ralph Epperson uh, between Ralph Epperson and between um, uh, worked with um, Ron Wyatt. Why can't I think oh, of his um, name? Yeah, Jonathan Gray. Jonathan Gray. My gosh, we can't even we don't even know whether he's still alive or not. Have either one of us have been able to get, get a hold of him again. He was in his 80s, but the last time we were in, you know, had him on our program. So right. maybe he's passed on. I don't know. But he collected uh, out-of-place artifacts. But between the two of them, what we concluded is that, that on all of the places that existed before the flood, where there was uh, uh, intersecting magnetic electromagnetic lines, they built pyramids, they built certain artifacts and some of it was underground some of it was above ground but got all wiped out by the flood but when um they started rebuilding during the time of uh, the babylonian empire they started rebuilding all these places what was underground was pre-flood but was on top was after the flood but they were remembering exactly where all these locations were and they were repairing it and rebuilding it in hopes of climbing in and reaching into the third heaven so and that was the whole purpose of the tower of babel so as they were developing all of that, Hitler was probably the first one to start assembling everything to develop the technology. He was the first one that came into direct contact with the fallen angels he thought were his ancient Nordic gods. And they started implementing the very things that that's the third right. Now, in my museum, I show a very simple picture. In my book, I explain all this, you know, um, the etymology of words, the traveling and cultures and everything, and who is the modern-day Philistines, who are the modern-day um, tribe of Dan, because those are two are directly related to a scripture in Isaiah 14, chapter. The Third Reich was actually prophesied. 
and God used simple word pictures. He says, when you see the tribe again, when you see the Philistines come back together again in the latter days, this is what's going to happen in their community. And then he talks about um, extracting from the root of the serpent a shell for the serpent to hide in. This is when you look at it from a 21st century perspective and look at the scriptures about a, a fiery flying serpent and all these things. I've got it in my book, but I've got it on some tapes or videos, too, that are simplified. The best thing in my museum, I have it very simplified by pictures, and you can just look at the pictures and tell just a, a story that saves a thousand words. Um, but they were the first to start rebuilding it in the latter days as prophesied. And so Operation Paperclip brought all of these people over here. And from within, we were converted, or let's say the the right-wing facets of our society ended up becoming a fourth Reich, in a, a fifth Reich, a fourth Reich and a fifth column, invisible to the United States of America. But we ended up becoming, on their same agenda, we were seduced by technology and science. And this is what happened. So, so when you look today at who are the main threats against the United States of America? It is the three frogs of Revelation 16. There's three frogs that came from the dragon, Satan, and it was dwelling in with the beast, which was a nation, and then a false prophet promoted all of this. So there's three steps. One's talking about the source of Satan, the nation, and an individual that will be promoting it the Antichrist system um, or the Antichrist, whoever it may be, he may be. Um, so we see the three main things or three main frogs as being three ideologies that inherently hate Israel, hate Jews, and are going to seek out and try to destroy them and annihilate them off the face of the earth. And yet they have an unusual canny ability to morph into the church. And we see this with communist socialism national socialism and islam there's your three frogs who are the ones behind almost all of the instigations and agitations going on in the country right now all three of those only one of those three claim to have supernatural empowerment from supernatural beings national socialism two of them are going to be end up wiped out completely on the sides of the mountains of israel according to ezekiel 38th chapter they're going to meet the jihad is going to end up being bird food on the sides of the mountains of Israel. Communi the communist bloc nations, the invasion in Ezekiel 38, when you look at the tribes and nations that are setting up and aligning, they're aligned for the first time in history right now, right here, right now. And are all the nations that are part of the communist, old communist bloc Europeans and Islam. That means two frogs are taken out. One is left. Mm-hmm. So that is rather interesting on, on that view that the one left is National Socialism, the one who was the first one to have all these superpowers. So who is reaching out to these other areas? Who was maybe on the dark side of the moon? Who landed on the moon first before anyone else? Probably the Nazis, probably working in New Schwabenland where they escaped into a Nazi empire under, under the ice of the Antarctic and found a way into the inner world. Um, this is actually described in Job, several chapters of Job, in great detail when you bother to look at it from a 21st century perspective and what's going on today. It's all there. 
that that again is in my book, and then I got it in a, a series called um, uh, the Antarctic Five Part Series. It just explains all of this, and so a lot of prophecies being fulfilled right now. People aren't even recognizing where it's coming from or how because it's been mistaught based on a lot of ideas that don't have actual scriptural backgrounds to it. So why do we need a space program? Man, several reasons. There's a mess out there already. Um, the first people on the moon were the Nazis. The second thing to happen after paperclip, after the integration of everything in the United States of America, we have the elite has a secret space program that's been going on. We never, you know, the last time we went on the moon was uh, Apollo 18. And um, Apollo 18 turned out some pretty significant things. They actually discovered a mile-wide ship that was hit in a crater, crashed in a crater, and there was a um, an alien. They said an alien Nephilim, but they said an alien that was piloting the ship who was obviously a um, descendant of Ham. It, it was a black woman, um, seven and a half feet tall. Now, whether this is actually true or not, it's taken on a life of its own. It's become political. It's uh, the um, there's a black Jewish cult called the um, I you know I, I the name escapes me now. I have, oh um, tribe, tribe of Judah, tri right? tribe of Judah. Thank you, Eric. Yes, the tribe of Judah, and uh, they've taken it and they evangelize on the end, on the streets in New York. You know they're they're using it as a political uh, weapon. So I mean I hate to say it, but race is going on an intergalactic um, situation. So this is all in the mix too. So there's a lot of different factors going on. So why do we need a space um, a space force because all these things have a deeper reality to them, and they're multifaceted. But the elite is pretty well known now amongst a lot of people and confirmed not just by me, but other people that are in the know, that there is a hidden speak secret space program based on a lot of Nikola Tesla's technologies that were already on Mars. The elites are at least on Mars. Some of them are there waiting for the rest of their people to come. They all believe they're going to be on Mars to escape this arrests and taking down and everything. I believe that, that um, Trump realizes all of this, has been in preparedness for it, and one of the reasons why we have a space force is to not protect themselves from aliens, but to go reaching out to the people that are already on colonies and bring them back to be accountable for the crimes that they have committed against the United States of America and against the entire world. Hey, um, guys, hey, just Jim, let yeah. you know, we you know we got Brian. Brian's in. She came oh, okay. Up. Hey, Brian. Hi. Sorry I'm late. <laughs> no, that's okay. Hey, better, better, better late, late than never, never. Yeah. <laughs> See, we're all in agreement. Clean <laughs> yeah. me up, Scotty. Yeah, right. I'm giving it all I got, Captain. <laughs> she can't take much more of this, Captain. <laughs> so you know, so I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons why we need to reach out, um, and it, and it is sound biblical. Um, realities, you know, obviously if Obadiah warns about um, those that made a nest amongst the stars, literally a colonization, that means in the latter days, this colonization is real. It's not science fiction. It's not make-believe. Mm -hmm. Somebody is already doing this. Well, who is that somebody? I think I spent about a half an hour almost um, telling you. Hey, a Jim. Lot of yeah. 
uh, I have a thought on this, and tell me if I'm maybe a mop base, but so eventually, you know, the Antichrist and whatever, you know, they come out of the bottomless pit and they go to battle in the eternal realm against heaven, right? Yes. So Nazis showing up on the other side. Is it possible that, you know, for part of this war that the space force from this side will be used to fight against that as well? Well, as part yes. of that war. See, this is where, and this is the way it goes. You know, um, it's some things and policies that Reagan made were awesome. And they were to protect our country. And he did it for that purpose. But he's only one president in power for a short time. And some of the policies that he set up and initiated were taken by the other side now and used not for us, but against us. You know what I'm saying? So it's like yes. Star Wars initiative. There was technology there way above and beyond um, what was known to the public. He wasn't just putting up a, a satellite defense system. He was putting up a – there was – part of that system was huge parabolic mirrors that could use, be used to reflect off the sun and target it down to a pinpoint and literally laser zap anyone, anywhere, at any place, at any time. Now technology has even made that more specific so that it can be genetically connected to just one individual where they can seek out and touch someone. Um, there's other uh, other – sources too i think the reason why we never went beyond a um a shuttlecraft i mean we never tried to build you know some huge thing to re to go out to mars we never tried to reach and build some kind of a um um you know like in the science fiction movies you know some huge intergalactic uh spaceship we stayed with just a little um spaceship. shuttlecraft mm-hmm Yet I think because we discovered portals naturally formed by electromagnetic forces from our sun and our Earth's own atmosphere that actually took a vehicle right into the sun. Uh, I wouldn't want to have been the first explorer to go in one of these things, and maybe they did it in progressions. I don't know how what happened or how, how it happened. But the story goes, and Rodney had a better background and, and some of the connections than what I'm aware of, but the story goes that when they realized that these portals were going directly in the sun, they realized that inside was cold plasma energy. The outer sun was kind of like a perpetual oven, like an outer atmosphere that's on fire and perpetually fed by the inner plasma energy, but it's just a, a thin sheet, and inside this plasma it's actually cool and when you go in there it's actually like a terminal to a like an airport and there's other um like stargate wormholes going now north south east west that can take you beyond intergalactically to other places so wherever there's a gas giant it's the same conditions the only two other gas giants we have in our solar system are jupiter and saturn both of them are connected in mythology with space and time, travel, or control of time and manipulation of space and, and time. So I don't think it's a coincidence. Again, there's a physics sandwiched in between a religious you know, context. Um, these are technologies that Tesla basically understood, the basic mechanics, not necessarily that you know the planets had anything to do with it, but he understood the basic functional mechanics of the physics behind it. And once we have that we didn't need to build giant 
spaceships we could use between portals and and uh, um, and shuttlecraft we could go anywhere we needed to go just with that simple uh, method we just had to have enough ceramic tiles to pass through an atmosphere maybe lasting a couple of seconds and as long to keep from burning up and then we're safe they're inside these gas giants and then they can go all over the place and uh, there's other technology there's other people that have come forth and and have shared different things recently we find out that on the moon the moon rocks now a lot of the astronauts and you know sometimes you catch a video and it's on for a couple of times and then all of a sudden you go back to look for it and it's gone like it never existed. Right. That happened with a documentary where they were interviewing all of the um, NASA astronauts that had landed on the moon, walked on the moon, and collected moon rocks. When they brought them back and scrutinized and analyzed them, there were some anomalous things there that just didn't make sense for the moon. The moon had most of the surface was um, um, it was. You're getting a loud buzzing noise. No, what the heck is going on here? Yeah, I think it's coming from Brian's. Um... You got a fan on or something? Yeah, I do. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> yep. We've heard that before. Right? So, yeah, I yep. was guilty of doing that before. Um... Wow, I got quiet. Is, you still there? Is that better? Yeah, no, yeah. it's normal. Sorry, yeah. you're not going to have to sweat for a while. <laughs> sorry about that. No, it's okay. Oh, it's all right. I'm sorry. Well, you know, Jim, the. The um the portals aren't just um the gas giants and stuff like that. Like you said, I, I think you said earlier that there uh the, the there are grids around the earth and, and things like that and yes, that a lot of exactly. these things correspond to that. Um it's interesting, uh, Brian, I'm gonna bring this up while you're on here. Um I don't uh-huh. think you, I don't know if you've seen the picture or not, but um a few years ago when when Julia um I think it might have been before they went overseas, I'm not sure. Um, they were down in um, Pleasant Hill, and there was a UFO out there. And um, so I think uh, Julia went in to get the camera, and uh, she was taking a picture of it. And I guess at that time it had moved closer to them. And um, if you look at the picture, it's it's just like one of those squiggly lines, you know, when everybody takes a picture of UFO, it's like it looks like somebody moved the torch while they uh, – while well, a uh, camera was on long exposure uh, with a dot in the center. <clears throat> well, anyway, um, I, I had Photoshop and I took that picture and I blew it up. And when you blow it up, there's actually the picture of a, you can actually see a gray alien head there in that picture. And you can also see what looks like another gray alien kind of, kind of like standing at a control panel or something, guiding something. And, uh, so yeah, definitely those things are all over the earth and uh, or around the earth, and they're used. Uh, my my personal uh, thought is that um, UFOs themselves, um, yeah, are, are, are of um, fallen angelic nature, but they are also conveyances that bring them into this world or this reality, I should say. Um, quite an interesting picture. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever seen it, Brian. I can send it to you for sure, but um, it's. Uh, it proved to me that, you know, that it was uh, two aliens, at least two, uh, I should say fallen angels, coming through a wormhole and uh, and manifesting into our reality. And um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, when, I think when they're in our reality that they're basically um, subject to the laws of our reality. Yes. And, and that being the case, I do think that uh, there is a possibility that they can be seriously injured, if not killed. Um, 
I don't know. I that that remains to be seen. But uh, well, you know, they can be killed. But I mean, they clone themselves. I mean, they probably right. got clones hanging in a you know in a storage shelter so that they die. They just fit back into another suit. So, yeah, but right. they still can suffer that you know thing. But I'm I'm sure there are you know like you said. There's all kinds of stuff out there. Now, the Bible, you know, some of the people say, well, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers and high places. Yeah, but we're, we're not wrestling. We're wrestling against the flesh and blood, but it's not our real battle. The battle is the invisible forces behind them. Well, these are invisible forces. But like you said, when they're manifested here, they are subject to the same physicalness, physicality, because a fallen angel is very physical. Um, and. So in the latter days, we're going to be contending on a more physical basis. We're still dealing with the spiritual entity, but it is manifested in a physical realm. So we're going to have to maybe engage them in actual physical combat as the angels did. Um, Mm -hmm. And, yeah, this is, you know, this is the apocalypse. This is one of the things that is incredible. And, Eric, you were starting to bring it out is the fact that that in our in our linear existence, the war in heaven has not yet happened. It happens when when the Antichrist comes from the pit. He doesn't go back down into the pit. Jesus, when he rose, he's going to do everything the same and opposite as Jesus. Jesus, when he ascended into heaven, was 40 days after he had died. Three days after he died, he went into the bottom, to the upper chamber and set the captives free in Abraham's bosom. Then... When he was ready to ascend into heaven before he did, he went down into the lower parts and announced to them a further sentence and judgment that they would be mustered up as an army to their total destruction in the latter days. So that it says, you're dead, you're not allowed to rise, but I'm going to internationally, supernaturally intercede in the natural course of events, and I'm going to allow you to raise so that you're destroyed and even your name is forgotten. Well, they don't believe that part. They think by doing everything same and opposite, they're going to be God at his own game. They're entitled to their own realm, their own uh, eternal form of uh, <laughs> hell will not be a bad place. It will be the alternative to heaven where you can do your own thing and you're not accountable to God because you are your own God. Well, you know, that's that doesn't work out too well for them. But But the war in heaven hasn't happened yet. So when Satan is... Or when Satan's son, you know, the son of Satan, the, the Antichrist, rises, he will go into heaven to make war. That's the war in heaven that we've always been taught happened some pre-Adamic time, a long, long time ago. No, it never happened yet. When the future becomes the past, the present is revealed. That was the last word to the last episode of the first prequel to Star Trek. Star Trek has been a 60 years conditioning and preparation for the coming cosmic Christ. When you see the history of who made when, where, why about Gene Roddenberry, it'll, <laughs> it'll blow your mind. Um, so I think it's very interesting that we're told that when New Jerusalem comes from the third heaven to earth for a thousand year reign of Christ, it comes as this giant cube. Now in Star Trek's version of everything, what is a giant cube? What's well, the Borg and it's the enemy? It's, it's the Borg. It's the enemy. So there's going to be two perceptions of the second coming of Christ uh, as the um, New Jerusalem is descending upon Earth. Some true believers are going to see New Jerusalem. Others are going to see from the cosmic Christ that they're now following 
they're going to know that it's the Borg and they got to get ready to destroy the Borg. So that is what it's going to come down to in that sense. There's going to be also a time when um, Louis Farrakhan is probably going to literally get his mother wheel that is invisibly orbiting the Earth right now and all the ascended. Yeah. According to him. Uh, now, now the thing about Louis Farrakhan in other any other way, shape, or form, he's a very intelligent man, very articulate speaker, um, a good motivator, and he can talk all of this very lucid, very practical, logical explanations, seductions, whatever, and yet he comes off with this mother wheel. Uh, ascended master uh, black Muslims that are come, come down and destroy white America. That is just so fruitly. Even Dan Rather on the Tonight Show, I mean, uh, not Tonight Show, on whatever his program was way back in the 70s, you know, he kind of, you know, um, got off on that and was trying to get him to make it, you know, keep quiet because you're making yourself look like an idiot kind of thing. And he was standing his ground. He was, oh, no, you know, that's the way it's going to be. That's what's going to happen. But you know what? It just might happen. Um, we have whites. We have these uh, the George Washington's vision, which a lot of patriot uh, societies have and militias have now uh, embraced uh, to the point of replacement theology, where God's not dealing with Israel anymore. America's the replacement for Israel, so the final battle and everything is all about us. So, in their hopes, they have this thing where white spirits descend from the heavens, and at a time when it looks like these powers of darkness are overtaking the United States, they come and save the day. So there's a possible scenario of black aliens, white aliens. Race has gone intergalactic. That makes me sick. I just, you know, I just... Makes me sad. I, it was Well, first I was sick, and then I'm sad, and I'm going, my God, all these people that think this is horrible. But it might be uh, what we're faced with as a future. I'm not saying absolutely it is. I'm saying God has given me a leading and an understanding and answers to questions that people haven't even asked. That if they're real, I've got all the answers for you. If it's not, I'm not pushing this because <laughs> let's just wait and see how this comes out, you know. Um, if it's there, I have all the answers. If not, I'm not forcing this on anyone. I'm putting this out as a possibility. This is what I believe the Lord has been showing me where the ugly end of all of this is going. My God, there's going to be all of this crap going on. But there's going to be so many things going on at the same time. It's going to be hard to keep up with it all. That's where God guarantees us in this, you know, i got to bring it back to the scripture. In Amos 3.7, I will not allow anything to happen until I tell my secrets to the prophets. And the secrets there in context is talking about his plan. His plan is secret. And he's going to let his secret be known to the prophets. You have some problems because some people say, well, the prophet, that doesn't exist anymore. Yes, it does. It always has, always will. A New Testament prophet is different from an Old Testament prophet, but it's still a prophet. So we have to go to see, okay, who are God's prophets today and what are they telling us? Well, there's three main prophets, but all of the listening audience is filled with prophetic visions and dreams and things that people have given. And that's where the social formats have a good side. You have an opportunity to share these things with people and let your voice be heard, your dreams and your visions. This is why we want to get more personal and get connected with a new thing where we can get established. We want to hear from you. We want to know your important element. But for right now, there's three main profiles. And actually, I want to include another one because I, I want to include both races. My first wake up call to the fact that Michigan was shaped like a hand and it was a hand of God upon on this earth 
a left hand, a defensive hand, because God's defensive hand is upon the earth in the state of Michigan. That's why it looks like a hand. And the heart of that hand, that's why Satan set up Heart Plaza. The heart of that hand is Detroit, Michigan. She told me about a vision that she had. Now, her pastor was my mentor when I had the Christian bike ministry. And so she heard from, I had gotten in a serious accident. I was in a little inner city um, hospital. And apparently Pastor Bogle had mentioned something about prayer. She felt led of the Holy Spirit to come visit me. I didn't know her. She didn't know me. She's pretty well known, I guess, high profile uh, musician, um, really neat lady. She come in and she says, hi, uh, Jim, you don't know me, but I'm I'm from uh, Evangelicals. I saw Pastor Bogle. I said, yeah, cool. And she says, did you ever wonder why I, I, I wanted to come in here and tell you? something that I, for some reason the Lord felt it was important for me to tell you. This might sound kind of funny, but have you ever wondered why the hand, a mission looks like a hand? I said, no, but it sure makes it easy to tell, just let somebody know where you live because you just pull out your hand and point point to it where we live. And uh, she kind of laughed and, and uh, she says, well, it, it goes deeper than that. And I said, okay, I'm all ears. And so she said, that was a left-handed defense that was put upon the world. And it was God showing the world that he had his hand upon the earth and he had it in Michigan. She said the last greatest revival before the return of Jesus Christ was going to be in Michigan, specifically in the heart of Michigan, Detroit, Michigan. The last big revival would start there. It would spread to the whole country and then through the whole world. And I thought, wow, that sounds pretty cool. So it just stuck with me. That's all pretty much she had to say. Um, we had a neat time of fellowship and then she left. But that stuck with me all these years. That happened in 1970. Uh, seven when I had that accident, but that that her prophecy stuck with me. Then later on, when I heard about Mark Taylor's prophecy about Trump when he was going through a trauma, trauma and he was praying for something totally different, and all of a sudden the Lord shows him something that's going to happen ten years from then uh, that had nothing to do with what he was praying for. I could so relate to that same thing because in 1978, I'm praying about a situation of life and death situation that I was in. And God starts showing me everything that's happening now. That's why I had to write it in a book in 1996 so I could relate to his testimony. It rang true immediately. And soon as he said that God was going to use him like um, like he used King Cyrus. I, 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 my, I teared up and I started crying because I just knew that I knew that I knew that this is what I've been waiting for. God was going to give an interim period of peace to prepare the prophets, to prepare the nation before judgment because they're going down and being taken out. But before that, God's going to give a time of peace, prosperity to raise up a one final call in appealing to repentance. That's the time that we're in now. So the three main prophets that, that we should be seeking out and finding out the total answer is David Wilkerson, founder of uh, Teen Challenge, now called Life Challenge. Um, Kim Clement, which had a ministry in music, and I thought it was kind of silly and kind of weird. Um, but yet I've learned the hard way to ignore the messenger and the appearance of the messenger. And you better pay attention to the message because it might be more important than worrying about how the person looks or what they, uh, how they do it. So singing it, if that's the way God wants to do it, fine. You know, I'm not going to argue with that. It seems strange to me, but what he said was pretty profound. Kim Clement has a sing ministry. He had uh, prophecies about Detroit, Michigan, exactly what that woman told me. He had prophecies uh, that, that tied right in with Mark Taylor 
and segued into David Wilkerson. David Wilkerson had a vision. He didn't see personalities or individuals because he was way ahead of everybody else in what he did see. But he knew that someone would come like King Cyrus to put things back together. And that's all he said. He said, But he did say that God was going to allow the world to be turned upside down and shaken up so that that um, apparently for the purpose of all of us getting on the same page. Kim Clement was very specific about Detroit, Michigan. Kim Clement was very specific about Trump, that Trump would come in as a non-Christian. He would get saved and then something of a world global event would happen and he would be filled with the Holy Spirit from that. And from that, God would be directly guiding and leading him and giving him answers so profound that even the press had to attribute credit to him for the final results because it couldn't be contested. He said he did what he said he would do. That's making America great again. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And right now, what we're seeing, people are being attacked. I bet you every one of us here, uh, all of us, Brian included, can probably tell how much we have been physically attacked, mentally, emotionally attacked, because Satan is throwing everything out at those that are broadcasting the most. Um, I wanted to, sometime we need to pray for uh, Rod. We were going to have, uh, uh, oh, come on, what's his name? Rodney. What's <laughs> Rodney's last name? I, Rodney, I'm sorry. Matt. Um, Matt Madsen, I think, yeah. Madsen, okay. And his wife, uh, uh, Valerie. Um, we're going to have them on. They've, he's got colitis. We need to pray for for that, that he'll be cleared up. But he's been attacked, but he's also been very aggressive in getting stuff out and informed. He's kind of my go-to guy for um, the secret space program. He will have him come on at a later time, and we'll get more involved in some of the details that he has. But um, there are a lot of very good reasons why we need a space program. But as the pendulum swings one way, it's intended for good. It will be grabbed, hijacked, and robbed, and used the other way to actually have this world, the ungodly world, fight the new Jerusalem, thinking it's the board queue. That is just so crazy, so nuts. There is so much going on in the heavenlies that we are going to be personally engaged with in these last days. That's why God is giving us the manifestation of the sons of God. We're going to have all the gifts. You don't just get one or two or tidbits. You're going to have all of them. Because you're going to be the manifestation of the sons of God. That means everything that God has uh, given as an inheritance is ours so that we can walk in the supernatural power and might of the Spirit. What better generous way than to create something of a reset that is going to be an interim time of peace where the Christians are in control and they're going to give life and health to the world for the first three and a half years of tribulation. It's going to be fun for those that have invested in the kingdom of heaven. For those that have it, it's going to be like hell on earth. Um, for Pelosi, it'll really be hell on earth for her. For even some of the press people, um, what's his name? That um, my favorite, two of my favorite guys, Jimmy Kimball is Kimball is one, and the other one, uh, oh gosh, ABC, ABC. Come on, what's his name? Yeah, the guy with the glasses, and he Stephanopoulos. Oh, that Stephanop guy. No, there's another one too. Oh, oh yes, you are going to get your just due. Um. Oh, and yeah, well, I don't Waltz think they're going to be on Earth very long after. Well, <laughs> I don't know how committed they might be to uh, Helena Lasky's theories, although they might. But I think they they might just be the liberal puppets that are being used and not really knowing what they're being used 
of or for, um, those well, are the ones that are going to be pretty shook up. Going, going in that vein, um, in a way, um, uh, Brian, I don't know if you had any problems with your cell phone service down there. A lot of the country did, but um, uh, mm-hmm. did you lose it at all? Or I, I had a hard time making calls today and yesterday. It would take forever for it to dial and to get uh-huh. a call through. It, it was just waiting and waiting. I, I didn't. Know, I hadn't heard anything on the news about it, but I guess you guys did. But yeah, I had a hard time getting calls and drop calls all the time. Well, that's no, just Brian. Uh, we didn't hear it on the news, news. about it. That's <laughs> yeah. the thing about it. There's um, there's nothing on the news about it, but this hit all over the country. I've been out without a phone since two o'clock uh, today. I don't think I still have a phone use at all. Well, you know, when you're gonna when you're gonna do something drastic in a country, the first thing you want to do is cut off lines of communications, because if you're gonna go arrest A, you don't want B calling up A telling them that the cops are coming. Um, and I think that little things like this that happen are little. Um, <clears throat> little clues, little hints as to something's going to go down. Immediately when this happened, Jim, when you and I were communicating and all of a sudden we couldn't communicate anymore uh, by any means, <laughs> um, the first thing I, I, I told Barbara, I said, my goodness, I said, maybe it's going down. Maybe this is it, you know, because it <laughs> was my first thought. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, they're, they're going to go after the big wigs. And the last thing oh. you want the big wigs to, to know is that they're coming after them. That was that same as last week when they had the, uh, those four C one thirties and, uh, and helicopters flying around little rock, Arkansas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's like, Oh, they're going to go in. You four C one thirties. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would clear out <laughs> all of Clinton's, uh, psychopaths yeah. down there, you know? <laughs> and, um, so, you know, I think it's that these things happen just to give us little glimmers of hope, you know, that, that something big is going to come down and that uh, with all the things that are going on with this, this craziness up in Seattle and, and even up in Portland and everything else, I think that, that God allows us to see these things where other people are, you know, are clueless to them uh, so that, you know, it's like, okay, you know, just hang on a little bit longer. It's going to be all right. Just hang on a little bit longer, you know, and um, I see him as, as blessings, actually. So I I um, but as, as excited as I was that it was going to go down there, there was a little fear that entered in, you know, it's like, oh, my goodness, you know, uh, what about work? You know, I'm going to be able to get to work or not, um, you know, as uh, the local gas station is going to be closed down. Um you know, what about the markets and stuff like that? Because when this comes, it's going to come as a kind of like a lightning thing. You know, it's um, it's it's been in the planning for for a number of years now. And uh, so when it comes down, it's it's going to be it's going to be um, a double edged sword that strikes quickly, let's say. And um, mm-hmm. and I think that's one reason why. Um, what are they trying to? Oh, yeah. With the now it's the. Uh, the civil unrest they're trying to, to blame Trump for and everything else. So, uh, I mean, you know, it's it, he's been blamed for everything else. It, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, I don't know. I don't know what the next thing that they have planned to try. Well, to I, I think a lot of this goes back to him to keep him from being reelected. They're horrified at thinking exactly. it's going to be another four years of election. So uh, naturally, everything's going to be his fault one way or another. You know, I think they already got built in contingency plans for every possible scenario. But even then, God still looks down and laughs at their attempts. At, you know, you're not going to change my plan. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, mm-hmm. 
but it's yeah craziness i mean you know like i keep saying between all of us who's gonna who's gonna wake up who's gonna wake up for everybody else first from fainting because when this really does, does start coming down i think all of us are going to be in shock mm-hmm. and uh so who who's the one that's going to revive first and wake everybody else up uh, and we should sell squares for that one i don't know that sounds just like a good game that we could play but <laughs> <laughs> like a football pool or something yeah yeah right yeah something like that <laughs> the last time we talked with you brian you said that uh that Antifa was coming down the Pacific Coast Highway and you guys were getting ready. Did anything ever come of that? No, uh, they went down, they came uh, east to west down Santa Monica Boulevard into Santa Monica. And you probably saw that on the news where they took out uh, half of Santa Monica. I mean, it's a very affluent area. Mm-hmm. And um, they have a outdoor mall there called the Promenade, Santa Monica Promenade. And it's probably, without exaggeration, six times bigger than Valley River Center. Oh, my goodness. And they completely destroyed it. Oh, no. And hundreds of shops, they burned cars. And so that dead ends in the Pacific Coast Highway a couple of blocks further. And if you go left, you go south, you go right, you go north mm-hmm. toward Malibu. You go left, you go toward my house. They came down a couple uh, to Hermosa Beach, which is another five or six miles, but they didn't do any damage. Right. They did a little bit of damage, but they, for some reason, stopped. Okay. They stopped probably a couple of miles from where I live. Mm-hmm. So, but down here, because it had been going on for a few days, the rioting, not the air quote, protests. Right. Um, the shops where I live in an area that's got a lot of shops and restaurants and a lot of people vacation here. Um, I talked to several shop owners and they said, we're not boarding up. I go, what are you doing? He goes, you see it in there? I goes, yeah. He goes, what is it? I go, what is that? He goes, that's a shotgun. He goes, that's how I'm boarding up. <laughs> and so several of the owners in the shops were not going to board up. They were going to sit there with their guns on uh-huh. a chair out front of the place, but they never had to do that. Well, but they, they saw what, cause, cause at first you didn't know what to expect, but then after a few days, okay, they're just going to keep riding and pillaging and the police aren't going to do anything. So we're going to do something. Right. And so they didn't have to do that, but they were ready. There were several of them that were definitely ready to defend themselves. So, um, yeah, it was just crazy. And still, you know, the whole thing in Seattle and it just, it reminds me in the scriptures where it says, the New Testament, in the last days, men's hearts will go cold. They'll be lovers of money, lovers of self, boastful, prideful, arrogant, yep. haters of good, love evil, paraphrased. And that's kind of exactly how the atmosphere is out there in the world right now, especially with this what's going on in, in politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very things that we used to say good now, you can't talk about them because it would be evil to them. So it doesn't, I hate to see it happening in our country, but it is. But if we're, if we're going to have a tribulation period and the earth has to go through that, then there has to be preparation, not just economically, not just with a chip, but with the hearts of men, mankind. And that's definitely, I think it's there. It's not going to take much to set it off. And I was just, Refreshing a little bit as you guys are talking about the first, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And one of them, I think, is the last one, the horse, the black horse of death. And it said, um, 
Uh, you'll be killed by the sword with famine, with disease and wild animals. Mm-hmm. So pretty much chaos. Right. And that's pretty much what's going on in these small cities and these communities. And I think it's a glimpse of what it's going to be like, but on a massive scale. And uh, it's, and you know, if, if I wasn't a believer in Yeshua, I would be really nervous right now. Right. But yeah. I'm, 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 I'm sad and sometimes angry what I see. It's hard to watch television too much about it. Oh, well, you but, know what? But in the back of my mind, and not just the back of my mind, but in my heart and in my thoughts is this has to happen. This this is actually being orchestrated and allowed. Oh, and not saying orchestrated, but being allowed by the Lord. Yeah. And he knew it was going to happen, and he's putting all the pieces in the chessboard right where they're supposed to be. Right. So when the Antichrist shows up and brings peace and you know, prosperity, everybody's just going to fall in love with this guy because it's going to come out of total chaos. He's going to look like a superhero. And they're going to follow him and worship him. It was like, you know, uh, so I see all that. I know that, but it's sad to watch our country and the world go through this. And then you have all this other stuff you were talking about earlier, and I apologize for missing the first hour. Um, That's all right. You only missed about a half hour. A half hour. Mm-hmm. But the technology part, it, in Daniel chapter 11, it talks about, or is it 12, in the last days, men will go to and fro around the earth and my knowledge will increase. Mm-hmm. I think that's a direct reference to technology and what we have yep. today. Right. And so yep. knowledge is, I mean, my phone I bought six months ago is now antique. <laughs> it literally I hate, is. I, I hate when like, that happens. <laughs> I know. And these young, these young guys and these young people who use these phones and can text with their fingers like lightning. I'm, I do one button at a time and I'm having a <laughs> I use speaking text. Right. And that can get you in trouble. Speaking oh, yeah. Text. Yeah. So saying all that, I think there's several things going on. You have the demonic world that we don't see, but we know it's real. The demons and Satan and all his cronies. And then you have the Nephilim, which are hybrid demons and bodies and in many different kinds and forms, and they've been around for thousands of years. And I think a lot of the technology we see is the Nephilim. And also what you mentioned earlier about the picture, I saw that picture is demonic and aliens, but in another dimension coming into ours. And then you have what we have, what, humans have made that we don't even know. And um, I worked at a Navy base in 1985, and I was working for the commander of the Pacific Fleet. I can't mention his name. And we were talking about, I can't remember what it was. It was something about cassettes back then. Uh-huh. You know? uh-huh. and, I, and he mentioned to me, he goes, Brian, I can't tell you for 100% positive because I, I, I can't tell you everything, but what you see on the shelves in the stores is 30 to 50 years behind what we have. Right. And 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 so and I think he was being conservative in saying that. And he mentioned to me that when you see major things going on in the news, he goes, that is because there's new technology coming out behind the scenes. I don't want you to know about. So they create distractions so they can bring out the new technology, because if they just brought it out, it would scare people. So they they gradually filtered out to us over a period of months and a few years. 
Right. And and so saying all this is all this is set up by the Lord, allowed by the Lord. It's in his master plan. We're the bride and he loves us, going to take care of us. We're going to be with him forever. Um, and I'm looking forward to that very much. Oh, amen. And it's, it is sad to watch, but there's a lot better waiting for us than what we've got. A lot better. Yeah. And uh, it's hard in these days because it's like Lot. Uh, he wasn't the most righteous man, but his heart yearned. It's like in Sodom and Gomorrah, he was at the gates talking to the leaders of the city. And even though he wasn't the most godly man, even Lot was like, this is bad what's going on here. Right. And and he felt it, he, the wickedness of his time. And we know the story. God delivered him and his, his family. But but it just it's kind of these are the times of Lot. These are the times that uh, right before the flood, um, no doubt, you know, and I, I think several reasons why I think time is short. One is uh, God gave us many signs in the scriptures, as you guys probably already know, about what would happen before the Lord would return. And there's other things, though, too. Um, the Tower of Babel was a, uh, a very important time in history. It was a very pivotal time uh, where our languages and God spread us out all over the world where we are now. But he did that not because he, that uh, Nimrod built this huge tower to the sky and declared himself to be God. That's one reason. But the other reason is he said, look what man has done working together. There's nothing they cannot do. So he had to split us up. We would have got the atom bomb 500 years ago or 1,000 years ago. We would have destroyed ourselves already because right. of technology. <clears throat> and God knows how smart we can be if we work together. Even in our limited brain capacity, I yeah. believe before Adam fell, he had 100% use of the power of his brain. Right. The best of us is 10. I mean, without coffee, I'm up at 2% with coffee. <laughs> I, so, that. I so agree. Know, I mean, yeah. a double shot gives me the 3%, but then I can't function because I'm just going crazy. But, <laughs> but, I mean, a little side note, if they want to hurt this country, take the coffee away. Okay? That would destroy this country overnight. But, I hope nobody's um, <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, sorry about that. But no, it's, it's, right. just, it's just that, that technology is increased so much, so fast, and it's going faster and faster. God, we start stepping over the line of technology when we're cloning, engineering people, making weapons that are beyond our imagination. Um, and that's, I believe, what happened with Nimrod. I believe that happened with the flood of Noah. Yep. Um, uh, there was a, a guy named Chuck Missler. You may know him of oh, yeah. him. Yep. And I've, I've met him personally, been to his meetings. And he's, he's now with the Lord. But he mentioned in some of his teachings that there were, he, they found batteries that go back thousands of years. Right. And so yep. that tells me even during the flood or before the flood, it wasn't just wickedness that God destroyed the world. It was because it talks about that. Mm -hmm. But I think there was an underlying thing that the Lord didn't want to allow. And that was technology out of control and an evil man's hands. Yep. Right. And I think we're at that point right now with technology mm -hmm. that if this goes on much longer, it's not going to be good. And mm -hmm. 
I believe that there definitely are hybrid aliens out there that are demonic, that were Nephilim, half human, half demon. And now they've, over the thousands of years, have evolved even further. And now evolved like, you know, like coming out of a swamp, like some people teach, but just they perfected well, they, themselves. They, they blended into a society. They're, you know, yeah. looking they just like us. We don't know so, who they are. Yeah. George Soros. I mean, it's probably a good yeah. example. Could be <laughs> Farrakhan. Yeah. So you take technology, you take the wickedness of our time, you take the demonic of our time, you take the supernatural with the Nephilim and the, and the, and the crafts we have. I think we have already are on Mars. I think we've been there for a long time. And some right. people might think I'm crazy, but I've researched it too. And uh, if they're just if they're showing us what we have now, what do we really have? And if they're talking about going to Mars in the next, I think, ten years or five yeah. years, I think we've already been we've already been there with satellites and rover. Yeah. But I think we're already there. Exactly. And I think we have craft. I know the shuttle did eighteen thousand miles an hour, went around orbit. But I think we have craft that do five to ten times that speed now. Oh sure. And yep. so, and uh, I I think there's a lot going on, and I think a lot of the technology is demonically Nephilim driven. Right. And yep. and because um, I don't think we could have thought it all up on ourselves. Mm-hmm. So no. I no. think saying all that, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Revelation 22. Even exactly. so, come quick. And Amen. I think if there are believers out there listening right now, our Savior is about to come back. Very, very, very soon. And uh, I'm excited for that. That's what I'm excited for, is knowing that we're going to see our Savior. We're going to see people that have gone on before us that know the Lord, and we're going to be with him. It's hard to imagine that. Um, Elijah got taken up into heaven and took off his jacket and swam in a river. It talks about that. And he got out of the river, and he was dry. And so as physical, we love the physical. I think in heaven, it's very, very physical, even more than we are here. Mm-hmm. We're going to have more than five senses. We're going to be able to eat food and we'll be able to walk through walls because Jesus did. He appeared to them in the upper room. He didn't use a door. That's right. So we're going to be like him because we're going to see him as he really is. And we're not going to, and we won't, we'll probably fall at his feet, but we won't die mm-hmm. because we're going to have spacesuits on called a new type of body. We're going to be able to be in his presence. And that's what I try to focus on in these horrible days we're living is that he's in control of this planet. Everything going is going according to his plan. And I know people out there thinking, well, all this horrible stuff's happening. And it is. And I'm feeling horrible about it and sad about it. But mankind is evil right to his core. And that's why Jesus had to die. And that's why he had to raise from the dead and the father raised him. So that evilness that's in all of us when we're born was washed away by his blood. And now we're new creatures in him. That's right. And and we can't change somebody's political view or religious view. But the Holy Spirit can. Mm-hmm. He he really can. My my older brother, who's passed away, was a pastor of a church in Northern California, and he he looked like Charles Manson in the 70s. It was 1970. And my dad died when I was nine, left my mom with nine kids on a ranch. Wow. And they got into drugs. They got into alcohol. They got into this horrible stuff. 
and I heard horrible things my brothers were saying to my mom at night when they'd come home at four in the morning, totally loaded. Yeah. And within six months of one of my brothers picked up a Bible, read John 3.16 and got saved. And within six months, 120 people of my family and friends got saved. Oh, my wow. goodness. That's amazing. It, nice. it was called the Jesus Movement. Oh, yeah. And, and my bro- the cops in San Francisco knew my older brother by the, his first name. And he threw his drugs out. He was living with a woman, preached to her, led her to the Lord, and they became pastors of the largest church in this town in Northern California. Wow. And <laughs> saying all that, if you want to change society, change the heart of the man and woman. And the only person I know that can do that is the Lord. That's Amen. right. That's right. We can, and that, and that reminds me of the scripture. And when this gospel is yeah. preached into all the world, then the end shall come. You want it to end? Get people saved. Bring them to Jesus. Yeah. All this stuff is just bait to catch fish. Yeah. Yeah. And it's sad what's happening, but it's happening. And I, like I said, the Revelation 22, even so, Lord, come quickly. Amen. And I, he's coming quickly. I, I wish I knew the day or the hour, you know, but <clears throat> I don't. Not exactly. I'm hoping, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I know he's coming, and uh, he he's never broken a promise yet. Not one. Nope. So we can count on the Lord to keep his promise. Well, remember uh, when Amen. the disciples were approach, approached him, and uh, I think it's right after he said what uh, what was going to happen to him. And he, I guess they were sad, saddened and uh, brokenhearted. He said, don't be that way. He said, all these things have to happen so that all can be fulfilled. You know, and so, like you said, Brian, all the stuff that's going on, it's got to happen. It just has to happen. The wickedness of man has to be, um, has to be exposed to its nth degree so that other men can see the wickedness of men. Um, I remember reading about, um, what was happening in the Middle East uh, when when ISIS was at its peak? Um, little reports were coming out, and then more and more reports how people were coming to the Lord because they, although they were raised in Islamic faith, they couldn't believe that people that were supposedly religious could be could sink to such depravity as you know cutting people open and and eating their hearts while it was still beating and things like that and they saw these things and they were like no this cannot be the right way to god you know and then they they came in droves to faith in in yeshua jesus you know they it's amazing how many how many people actually isis should be credited because they led more people to the lord than probably many evangelists have but um, yeah. you know it's uh, it's just amazing, and and it's always in, in the times of uh, tribulation and woe and sorrow that that the church grows leaps and bounds. So you look at uh, ancient Rome, you know when when they had tolerant emperors, the church kind of fell into um, a lackadaisical sort of manner, you know. But then the minute that an evil well that that emperor would die and an evil emperor would come in the church started to grow like leaps and the main thing that that brought it about and it's it's echoed in in both um in the book of acts and and also in in the um the church fathers if you read those books the antonicene fathers is that people saw the love that christians had for one another and that's what brought them to faith in yeshua that's what brought them to faith because they saw that in all adversity, in the worst of 
the worst of times when when people are are downcast and they're you know they they barely got their life hang, hanging on by a thread they're still walking with the god that is allowing it to happen but is allowing it to happen because of his glory being magnified and that's what technically what we're here for is to bring people to the lord and show his glory and if we can do those two things, and and like it was said earlier, I can't remember who said it here, is that the only thing that's going to break the racial divide is Jesus. He is the only one that can break it. Um, you know, all this Black Lives Matters and stuff like that. Well, there was a sign in a church one day, and it said, Jesus proved it once and for all 2,000 years ago. All lives matter. He died once and for all. You know? That's good. Yeah, it's, it's, it is. And it's if just people would just realize it. Um, there was a video that we watched earlier today, and it was a, a black young lady, and she was heading to work, and and she's she was all upset about this racial stuff that's going on. I think she's a believer, but still, you know, even being a believer, watching this stuff kind of gets to you. And and mm-hmm. uh, so she decided, well, instead of stopping for gas, I'm just going to go go to work and and uh, hope that I have enough gas to get to work. Well, she was on her way and realized I better not, I better stop and get gas. So while she was getting gas, a, a white fellow walked up to her and said, you know, I just, I just feel I need to pray for you. You know, I just feel the need and I just would like to lay hands on you and pray for you. And, and uh, she said that the, earlier that day or the night before, I can't remember which, that she was just praying for God to show her a sign that everything was going to be okay. You know, and she's on her, she's driving her car and she must have had one of those GoPro cameras or something in there. And she's just telling a story and she's shedding tears as she's driving. You know, God heard me. He answered my prayer. He showed me, you know, with all this racial stuff going on that a white person walked up to me and treated me with dignity and respect, you know, and, and, oh man, what a touching story it is. And, and I'm starting to see that more and more, Brian, um, and and everybody, Mm -hmm. um, I, um, I, I've been watching videos and, and, and like I was telling the guys earlier, you know, uh, the black community is starting to wake up. They're starting to see that the Democrats aren't their friends, that all of this, you know, we'll take care of you and everything is all a, a form, basically a form of slavery. And they're, they're starting to fight back. Uh, they're, they're actually challenging Antifa now and Antifa gets out in these protests. They're challenging them. Yeah. And they're saying, you don't represent me. And, you know, I, I got so angry because the, the two white folks that, you know, are afraid to show their faces, that there's a big clue right there. Um, you know, they, they kind of pandered her and treated her like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. We're doing this for you. And someday you'll realize that we were right. And, no, she stuck to her gun. She said, no, you don't represent me. And what you're painting on that building over there is going to get us in trouble, so knock it off. So there is an awareness. Uh, part of the Q movement is um, becoming awake, being awakened. And, and I want to go – I want to transcend that, too, because part of part of um, the salvation process is becoming awakened. And, um, you know, this, this Q awakening is a good thing and everything, but the ultimate awakening is an awakening in Jesus. And um, so this one awakening that's happening is, I believe, is ultimately, well, I think it's going to split into two camps. One, one camp's going to go to the new age, and the other camp is going to go to the, to the, the real Jesus, the one that, you know, can save and, and, and is mighty to save and saves forever, not just for a, a short period of time. So the awakening is, is going to split into two factors. 
but the one factor, uh, they'll, they'll be united for a little while, but after a while, I think it's gonna, it's gonna split in two and, um, you know, you're going to have your new age awakening and then you're going to have your Christian awakening. And but God's going to God's going to prevail in this. He's going to be the one that wins ultimately. And, um, you know, he's he has already chosen the people that he's going to that that are going to be saved. And, you know, that's that's a Calvinistic thing. And I, I happen to cling to that. But, um, you know, it's. He knows who's going to be saved, and, and Jesus even said, "He said nobody comes to the comes to me except the Father draws him." You know, so we're we're looking forward to the time when the, the fullness of the Gentiles is completed. I think that's going to be the end of that drawing. Um, now I don't know if that's going to be before or after the rapture. That's that's something that's will remain to be seen because we we can't tell what's going to happen um, in that regard. Because uh, you never do see the end result of prophecy until it's over with, but um, it's an exciting time to look forward to. It really is, and and I think you, you said, Brian, you don't understand how people can live without Jesus. I can't either. You know, I really can't. Uh, mm. Where is the hope? There's, you know, and especially if you think that you're just a lump of clay that's going to die and just turn back into dirt someday, and and you're not going anywhere afterwards. My goodness, you know, it's. I'm surprised the suicide rate in this country isn't, you know, a hundred times what it is already because uh, without the hope, there's no reason to go on. There's no reason to live. But those of us that have found Jesus and the ones that are listening to this that will find him or or are in the process of finding him right now are going to realize someday that that um, everything that they did before they came to the Lord was basically done in uh, vanity uh, for their own self and for their own flesh. But um, but that God took that and turned it around and used it to to bring him glory. So um, good days ahead, exciting days ahead, uh, even amongst the chaos and amongst the uh, all the uh, the trouble and, and woes and sorrow that we're seeing these days. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what the next four and a half years brings for us and um, um, and even farther, of course. But uh, I think that God is using Mr. Trump and um and that he will continue mm-hmm. to do so. And uh, hopefully um, all of God's enemies will be put to shame and uh, and whatever else happens to them. But um, it's it's an exciting time to live in. Scary, but exciting. Yeah, Not definitely. Kind of like pulling a tooth. You know, it's, it feels good once it's all done, but it sure was painful through the process. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <clears throat> And, you know, we got to, I think we just have to be expecting the unexpected. I mean, it's not like you can run down to the store and get apocalypse or dummies. We've never done this before. No one's ever done this before. It's it's kind of, <laughs> yeah, that's more a personal relationship. We stay in tune with him. He tells us and guides each step of the way. We have no fear. The key is understanding God's plan. Once you understand it, man, it keeps you stable. It keeps you balanced. It keeps you full of hope. That's true. You could kind of look at the Bible as the apocalypse for dummies, I guess, if you want. To you know, it. actually, you could. That's very good. You, you you just corrected me, and that's a wonderful correction because that's what, you know, the, what is uh Bible is a uh, basic instruction handbook before you leave Earth. Um, right. You know, and that's part of it. Um, it is the uh, apocalypse for dummies because every hope is in there. My gosh, everything's addressed in there, even artificial intelligence, cloning, all of it. It's in there. You know, it's just amazing what is in there. Yeah. Um, 
Somebody had asked me earlier, he says, explain to me the Rima. How do I get started? Now, this is a fundamentalist. Thank God. I just, man, I'm getting letters, emails from fundamentalists saying, okay, I want to put you to the test. I want to search this out for myself. What about uh, where's where is the Rima in the scriptures? So I, you know, I'm in the process of one of the many things I'm doing. I, I got to get back with him tomorrow and get it. I tried, you know, I started panel like I'm going, oh my gosh, I can't, you know, my internet is going to be down next. Now I can't send uh, emails. You know, for a long time I wasn't. I mean, I couldn't correspond with you guys. You know, I kept saying that, you know, that little red message. Um, you know, we can't. You can't get anything now. So it was down for a while, too. I, a lot of people were telling you were telling me you couldn't send me one. I was trying to send you one. Um, and it goes back to the, you know, um, locally, I think this is going to be a wake up call for all of us. We had talked about forming a network with CB radios. And now I think this is today what happened with the telephone things. OK, let's quit talking about it. Let's get let's start buying them. Let's let's find them and get them. Yeah. yeah. And you can pick them up uh, relatively cheap nowadays because nobody's interested oh, yeah. in them. Um, I've what? got one for my truck I've got to install. And you can get a, a base unit for your home for pretty cheap. Um, what's, what's, what's the range of those things? They're only about 20 miles average. But um, so that so what you do is you if try you do to it legally, people. Jim. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah. It, even a home base, a home base. To have it legally, you've got to actually take a uh, – now, I don't know whether this is federal or whether it's state by state. It may be state by state. I'm not sure. But I know you have to take an FCC licensing thing. Oh, that's, and that's a ham radio, Jim. And all that stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, ham. CB, you don't need to do anything anymore. Oh. Yeah. Well, ham, you know, if you – don't mind twist the flexing the rules a little bit. I mean, you know what? They don't know. I'll hurt them. I mean, I don't basically at this point really care one way or another. I'll just have it go. Oh, right. Okay. Don't add. Sue right. me. That's right. <laughs> but the, the 40 channels that they have on a CB are more than adequate. Yeah. You know, you can, you can pick a channel. Uh, well, you can't pick 9, 17, or 19 because those are very popular for truckers, and, and 9 is an emergency channel. Um, but everything else, you know, if you can find a clear channel, you could uh, have a nice um, conversation for hours with other people. And well, uh, what we were going to do is use, a, you know, have everybody within a 20-mile range have a CB so we could do like a relay race if we had to, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that works. That works. And they're really handy to have in your car, too, because uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes I forget to charge my phone. And uh, if you don't have a charged phone and you, uh, say, have an electrical emergency in your car and you can't charge, you can't plug it in while you're trying to call AAA or whatever, um, you know, if you do have a CB and you got a little bit of power in your car or if you have a battery backup or something for it, you can call for help on Channel 9. And um, and hopefully you'll get somebody that is you know nice and will will call somebody or will come and help you. Um, I would still be very wary about anybody that drove up behind me and wanted to help. But um, Mr. Haney's tow service. Yeah, yeah, right. But most truckers most truckers are pretty nice people, and um, you know they 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 don't mind helping out. So um, they're about. The only people, those and farmers and a few other people that, you know, you can pretty well trust. So, um, 
Uh, we got a wind song, uh, one of our, or, or the gal that comes in all the time. Um, and she said something like Dr. Michael Heiser had a number of shows of, of uh, Fringe Pop 321 on a group called the Black Hebrew Israelites. And that's what she was saying. So mm, yeah. it might be something to look up. I know that they're they're an arrogant bunch of uh, people. <laughs> um, they uh, basically call the Jews um, physical Jews. You know, um, you know they have not nice names for them. <laughs> and uh, no, they like to do a lot of f bombs when they're preaching too, which just totally doesn't make me uh, understand. Like, um, okay, <laughs> smells like pretty rotten fruit to me. I think. <laughs> They can all yeah. just leave this. <laughs> yeah. So there you, I, go. you judge. You can judge some books by the covers. By yeah. Least, and you know, and some fruit speech. by what tree it grows on. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, hey, we're getting uh, close to. We got uh, seven, seven minutes of pumpkin time. Seven yeah. minutes. Yeah. Mine says eleven twenty-nine. Huh. Okay. Well, we've been on the air for one fifth, an hour and fifty-two minutes. That's oh, what I was okay. going by. Uh, uh, Brian, just so you know, and yeah. I'll, I'll, this will remind the audience too. Um, in about a month, we're going to be going to a different format called Podbean, and um, <clears throat> you've got a tablet, so you'll have a really easy time doing this. But you kind of got to download their software uh, in order to be able to get on 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 the program that we're going to be having. Uh, once we work out all the kinks and everything, I'll be glad to you know sit down on the phone and talk with you about it, about how to do it. But it's going to allow us to have a better audience and allow us to have people to call in. So, um, okay, yeah. So this is something that uh, will be good. Um, the only way you guys will be able to connect though is via um, an internet connection on a on a tablet or a, um, a cell phone. So, um, man, every time you say Podbean. I invasion of the body snatchers comes to my mind. I just don't, <laughs> yeah, you know, no, every time you say that, I'm pod bean. Oh no, it's pod people. <laughs> okay, Jim. We're okay. I know. What, what, what do you call, you know, it's, it's with me, it's a, a, a some kind of an obsession. I don't know. Uh, too much exposure to 1950s sci-fi. What, what could it be? I don't know. Well, at my job pod place, pe- we call people. it delusional. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That's hilarious. <laughs> I know what it is. It was the sixties revisited. They said they would get flashbacks. Now I know. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Well, gentlemen, on that note, um, since it's eight thirty, um, here anyway, I know it's ten eleven thirty there and ten thirty by here. Future man, it's eleven thirty. But now now we got a majority here. We've got two people on the west coast, so um, yes. <laughs> neater, neater, you know, but, uh, anyway, um, uh, I just want to say it's been a real pleasure, Brian. I'm glad you came, man. God bless yeah, you. Good to have you back, Brian. Yeah. All right. Thanks for having me. Oh, anytime, every time, Brian, every time. Yeah. Yep. So, um, I'll just, you know, I'll continue to, to send you hopefully sooner than I did this week, um, uh, text what we're doing and everything. And then if you can make it fantastic, um, we wanted to pray about something, Jim, before we left. What was it? Oh, about uh, Ron. Rod, Rod, uh, Rodney and uh, Valerie. Um, just they've been a lot, under a lot of physical attack. They have been working. Man, those two have been just all over the place, just trying to uh, 
minister and get the word out and everything. And they've come under heavy attack because of it. So just uh, a quick prayer. Lord, we just pray for Rod and Valerie Madison. Lord, you know the work they've been trying to do for you and, and reaching out and just being uh, relentless and, and consistent and stable. They've been attacked by the enemy. So we just ask, Lord, that you would clear clear up the um, um, the colitis that Rodney's experiencing and, and uh, help both of them emotionally, physically uh, sort through all of this. I told them we'd pray through with them and they're going to pray through for us. We're going to all get through this together in victory to be overcomers, to be the ones to fight off the end of the world, uh, the God of this world and his lies and his antichrist. So we just thank you and praise you. And I pray that for our listening audience, for everybody that finds themselves in the same situation, the same place. Please just take heart, believe God's plan know that there's stability and peace in knowing that and that we're all going to get through this in victory because God's already seen the victory. He's already spoken our ministries into existence as if they had already been passed because they have from his perspective. So rest in that confidence, knowing that what he has called uh, to come to pass, it hasn't even come to pass in our life. He's already called his reality and we can see and have the confidence in that. Just keep being who you are, serving the Lord with all your heart. And you're going to pull through. We ask this in for everyone in our listening audience, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, guys, it's been a pleasure. And I yep. uh, look forward to next Monday. We'll try to find out ahead of time what we're going to talk about and um, let everybody know. So, um, again, guys, thank you. I wish you a good night, and I pray blessings on you the rest of the week in Yeshua's name. Amen. God bless everybody. Good night. Yeah, you too. God bless. Bye-bye. Good night, y'all. Good night.